I want to learn. Oh, you have your beer. I've got my water. Have you got water or no, beer? No, no, no. It's tonic water. Tonic water, is it? Yeah, I had a couple of I had a couple of wines on Friday night, but no, I'm not I'm not drinking much at all, really. Uh, is that is that um, sea eagles in the background? Yeah, and Liverpool. Except the year we're 25 points ahead, coronavirus <laughs> comes along and stops the competition. Like, if we don't win this year, I'll just cry. Like, it's just would be sacrilegious. Yeah, well, I've got my eels cap on, so can't see anything. Yeah, well, around for you. Hang on. Okay. Be nice when we get back to yeah, a bit of sport again. Be great. There Something to watch on the weekend. Yeah, yep. well, we'll go the good. eels. Well, I went looking for this cap when I went for my run round the Parramatta. I couldn't. Um, I, I've been look. This is the one that Brad Arthur wears, the white one. You don't see it in the shops. And I saw it. All right. The, and I was at about twenty-seven k's, and I went into the Parramatta Reels, um <laughs> Leagues Club. And while I was in there, I thought, okay, I saw this cap, so I got my phone out, got the Apple Wallet out, and paid for it. So I've got my eels, <laughs> my eels cap ready to go. I'll turn That's good. The other way. Nice one. Excellent. Good to see. I'm going to see a bit better there. Right. What's it been yeah. like in Bath this week? Oh, pretty quiet. Like, well, the shops are a little bit busy on Saturday morning, but um, you can walk across the road in Bath. This normally you can't on a Saturday morning. You're lucky to find a car park. And if you walked across the road, you have to wait and go between cars and stop at halfway. You can walk across the main street almost anywhere without looking now. You That's can close amazing. your eyes and walk across, which shows you just how much traffic has dropped off. And in that, probably the road tolls down dramatically because there's no one driving anywhere, really, unless it's to the shops and even then. I'd say it'd be, it wouldn't even be a tenth of what it normally is. Well, you're right. In fact, at, at the back of our place, I can't even hear the traffic on Penn Hills Road, but I can see it occasionally. So Wow. Yeah, because yeah. that road's usually just chockers. Mm. Three yeah. lanes going flat out both ways, nearly, nearly 24-7, but you'd know it better than me. Yeah, that's all right then. So how was the work at work, week at work? Oh, pretty good. Like, it's just being home. I'm already working from home. I already work online. So for me, it hasn't been a big adjustment at all. Everything that I am already do is just, uh, you know, part of the whole new process. So for me, the adjustment hasn't been much at all. With one exception, I get my kicks, like, by contacting, by going out at the end of the day. But if you can't go out at the end of the day, well, unless it's for food or a health appointment, then you have no contact with people. So then then it makes it more like quarantine and it makes it more like, you know, to use that phrase, being in jail. <laughs> oh, well, you're around... Because you, you, that's, that's what people do, you know, when they go to jail, they do time, you know. They yeah. do time and that's what people are fighting against now, doing time in their own house. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's actually even... Uh, we're noticing here that, like, Jenny gets up an hour or so before me and um, and... And I'm, I'm still struggling. I can't get out of bed early. So I feel guilty as soon as the day starts. It's just awful. I'm up you know, at nine o'clock, you know, at the earliest. But I still Good. sort of, make, I have my cup of tea and um, I've got my COVID-19 chair and I um, sit there and I just have a, a, a cup of tea. I'm reading a um, Stephen King novel at the moment on writing, it's called. So that's really interesting. And then right. um, about 11 or 12 o'clock, I'll go for a run or a walk and then come back and then, I'm treating the TV like um, a beer, which I don't drink, as you know. I haven't had a beer in five years. But I try not to turn the telly on until after uh, midday. 
and I might watch a bit of a Netflix program, something like that. God, well, that's good. Well, uh, congratulations on your drinking. I keep trying and I keep failing. Um, <laughs> But, but not in a bad way. I've never been a really heavy drinker, but I still like on Friday night, it was the end of the week. I was pretty exhausted, even though it was a short four day week because I did a lot of other things too. But come Friday night, I wanted to have a few wines, you know, let your hair down. Not that you do anything crazy, but just relax. And it feels really good, but then it doesn't really feel very good. And then the next day you think, you know, why did I do it again? Like, I don't know where the middle ground is. You just want to feel good and relax, but stop it right about there. It's about probably two or three drinks only, but it just doesn't work like that. You flipped because you're the one of moderation in the barrel days. And I always found abstinence easier than moderation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, look, I probably, if I open a bottle, I just finish it, but a bottle's too much. I just shouldn't be drinking that much, but I only might do it once a week. That's it. Oh, that's all right. I guess what, um, but it's still not good. It's funny. You just want something nice to have a drink and be a bit social. And when you have wine or beer, you feel a little bit better. But if you keep having it, there's just a, a marker, like for everybody, their tolerance level. Mine's about three drinks. Three drinks, couldn't be happier. And I should just never have another one after that. That should just stop right there. But because you drink, you'll have four, you'll have five, and you don't even need them. You'll, but you'll just keep doing it. That's alcoholic behaviour. And I know it, but... I'm stuffed if I can stop it. I've done my best. Nah, you're all right. You've reached a decent age. I got a mate, um, WD, and he um, he has a he has um, a couple of drinks, and then he just doesn't give in to peer pressure. He'll just sit next to a pot plant and pour it down a pot plant. So it's like he's been drinking oh, all night, and after three beers, it's just, just <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do yeah. so much these days. But he used to do it in his twenties, so it's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's pretty smart because that peer group pressure. Well, yeah, I haven't been. Oh, so much affected by that. It's not it really, but but yes, we're a drinking culture, and it's the legal drug, and it's a pretty bad legal drug. Like, doesn't really do anything for anyone, and it's killed that many people. It's not funny in car accidents and domestic violence and everything else. So, probably be the worst bloody you know legal drug that a government could ever friggin' pick in their lifetimes. But you know that was made a hundred years ago or whenever, or two hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah. Sorry, or even even earlier. In this, yeah. Is, yeah. it, is this the, so you had a, you had a, a little alcove at your mum's place when you're working there? So you work in this bedroom, do you? Yeah, I've got. It's just a bedroom, but um, I can't really turn the computer around without a yeah. lot of trouble. But I've just got a window at the front of my house, so when I look past the computer, it just looks straight out across the road, and there's no houses, and there's park. Well, it's not really parkland; it's actually farmland. So it's really good in the fact that I now look out because I work here all day, every day. So it's a nice, it's a nice view. I'm not, I'm not like stuck in a corner looking at a tin fence anymore since I moved. Like this place is really quite, quite good. And, and yeah, and you've got a cycle path across there too from memory. Remember when you showed me the house? Yeah. And you know what? Like we're at the end or I'm at the end of a cycle path down here. It's only got a couple of hundred meters left. But when I first moved in here, which is only about six weeks ago, you'd see about, I don't know, a dozen people a day. Uh, walking or riding a bike or something, but not much. Now it's about 112 a day. Like the amount of people that are out walking and moving about, it's just multiplied. And it's great because, you know, people are people are using those things. And what I wanted to say to you, I even thought of this the other day, because you're into making cycle paths and the world a cleaner, greener place. I mean, it's the old saying, you build it and they will come. If that concrete path wasn't there, 
None of those people would be going past here because they wouldn't have anywhere to walk. A few would walk up the road like they do, but most people actually walk on that path or ride on that path, and they're only doing it because that concrete's been laid by, by the council. So it's funny. If you build it, people will use it. Does it go all the way to Bathurst? Yes, it does. It, it, yeah, it kind of weaves around. It stops in a couple of places where you've got to kind of link up on roads a little bit, but, but not by much. It basically, from about 300 metres down my street, which is where it ends, you could go up and over the bridge at Eglinton, which is about 6Ks out of town. That goes to another point that links up to another road. Yeah, I actually think you can get all the way into Bathurst on the walking path, minus a couple of little short stretches of road, which might only be, I don't know, 50 or 60 metres long, something like that. So you can, but it's, I don't know whether it's designated riding path, like, or it's riding and walking. I'm not really sure, but people do both on it. Mostly either run or walk, though. Oh, I don't know whether it's illegal to ride on it. Well, it wouldn't be. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying I don't know. If you if you used it as a riding uh, path, I, I can't see anything wrong with it, but I'm just not sure what council rules are in regard to a riding path. So how's your running going? Oh, look, not good, but here's the thing. I mean, I only got out of quarantine two weeks ago. Oh, got back right. into the back into my work habits and all that kind of stuff which is fine but because it's been a less stressful start to the year mostly because with the social distancing I don't have kids after school so yes. I don't do I don't do like a 10 or 12 hour day now I'm only doing an eight hour day I'm only really doing Tai Chi exercises at over lunch that's about it yeah that's better I couldn't see so, you very well yeah, so it's coming back slowly but surely, but I'm not anywhere near as fit as what I want to be. But the thing is, last year I burned out, so this year I'm just trying to take it steady and put things in place and build on it so when I, you know, as I do things, I can do more and accommodate more. Normally I just go, I'm all or nothing, flat out till I drop, but last year I dropped, so this year I'm trying to go medium and not drop. Oh. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, but, you know, not, not knock myself out. But I still want to exercise more and I'm thinking of getting my bike going. What I should really do is I should pump up my bloody Treadley and use that on the bike path because that would be better than even walking or running at the moment because I'm finding that a bit hard only because I don't know why. I just, well, you're a year older and a year unfitter and all the other things. Yeah, well, I'm actually struggling now because, look, Jenny and I are on four, 14 weeks of long service leave and we're stuck inside. Well, not inside. We can go outside, but all we do is is I just go for my run and and I can't run every day now. If I run every day, my knees are going to be shot. So I've got to do something each day, but I'm struggling to work out what I, um, what I can do. So today, for example, I did 6Ks, but I thought, okay, I'll just do 6Ks an hour. So I walked and I spoke to Noodles and uh, my knees are playing up. Mm -hmm. And I said, do I, um, I said, do, do I, if you're running down the hill causing the problems for the knees or is it running up the hill? And he said, down the hill. So when I go for a walk now, I'm going, I'm actually, instead of bludging on the downhills, I now run up the hills and walk the downhills. So I actually find I get a better workout because I'm running up the hills and my knees are better for it as well. It's interesting you say that. I've never had a sore anything pretty much till I got to about 60. And 
uh, when I was in Thailand for the dental work recently, I went to the gym every day and out of no exercise whatsoever, I started, I just did 40 minutes a day and got, uh, would do four Ks in 40 minutes, no problem at all. And I'd go for a swim for a little while and take it from there. But as soon as I came back and I had one 20 minute run on concrete, my knees, particularly my left knee has been really sore and really tight. And it's like, geez, like it even hurts. It was even hurting to walk. And it's like, I've never had that. I've never had any issues whatsoever. So yeah, as you get older, di- different things crop up. That's better. Now I can see you. Yeah, yeah. It's better, yeah. I think, um, I think uh, concrete will do it to you. For sure. Well, probably. Yeah. But that's our bike paths and our running paths. They're concrete. So you can run on the grass a little bit, but uh, there's not, it doesn't always have grass next to it. Some parts do and some parts don't so much because yeah. they're too lumpy and too rough, which I could do probably if I was fitter. But I think I need to get the bike out and just doing, just do loops on the bike of about a K and do four or five of those. Well, you could ride your bike all the way into Bathurst and have a cuppa and come back. But you, but you can only do that in your lunch break. You don't have time. Yeah, but you can't do that now because you'd get arrested and it's a $1,000 fine. You can't go anywhere unless it's for essentials. But you, that can be your exercise. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Because I know... Well, I, what if they else... caught you with a cup of coffee, like, that you're right, because Bathurst, you know, you can get a cup of coffee in there and it'd be worth it at the end of the trip. You'd ride in, get a cup of coffee and ride back. Wouldn't be too bad. I was talking to someone you know and... Um, and he, he went for a run to a friend's house for a birthday for, to see some friends. They all ran there. Right. <laughs> That's and pretty then, good. So no cars out the front. <laughs> yeah. And then um, had, a, had a couple of beers and then turned around and ran back. But they just did, they did their exercise. There's a 4K run there. And when I was talking to him on the phone the other day, I, I was at 2Ks and he was already at 5Ks and he was walking around Centennial Park. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and, I, and it was interesting, we were, I said, okay, I'm at 4Ks now, where are you? And he was at the same distance, so we were walking at the same pace while we were talking. And then, yeah. um, and then, <laughs> and then he phoned ahead and picked up a coffee on the way through because we've got all these apps in Surrey Hills where you just use the app yeah. and the coffee's ready for you. Yeah. God, life. Well, you see, this is the whole problem with coronavirus. The whole world, well, I won't say the whole world. That's not fair to the third world. In the first world, we've had it too good for too long. Suddenly, everyone's hit the brakes and people are just finding a lot of things very difficult. Yet, you know, they're only a first world problem. All these things like we've had coffees and we've had good jobs and income and everything's been, you know, we're really, I think, as a maybe as a country and maybe in the first world, everyone's been living a bit above their means and what values really were. So I think one of the pluses to come out of the coronavirus, you know, sickness and death aside, is it's a big natural correction and it's going to level a lot of things for a lot of people. And I don't see that as all bad. I think, you know, we're, we're living in very affluent and spoiled. I think we're spoiled. And I think this has just stopped a lot of people in their tracks. I'm not talking about people working part time and losing their job. They're not affluent and they don't have everything, but you know, there's a big middle class. There's, there's a lot of wealth out there. And I think a lot of people have got just used to having everything and maybe we shouldn't, maybe it's a real good discipline not to have everything. So so tell me what would be your solution coming from your view of how the world works? Well, I just, um, I keep getting perplexed by 
the current attitude, even though, you know, you want to live in a healthy, wealthy environment, everyone just wants more. The whole Western world is built on more. Even when they're talking about coming out of the coronavirus, it's to get the economy back on track to make the money that we used to make to have all the things that we used to have. Now I'm with getting the economy back on track. Everyone needs to live and have a job, all those things. But it's always about more. And to me, it's nearly always based on a form of greed. It's not actually more because we need more. Like we need more ventilators. We need more sanitizer. We actually need more things sometimes to make you safe and well. But you don't need more cars. You don't need, you know, uh, more houses. Uh, not. I don't mean for people to rent and live in. I mean for yourself. Uh, so I think, I think it's just a good reminder that less is actually always more. But people want to Trump. He wants to restart the economy, or did by Easter. Why? Because he's losing money. He wants to make more money. Well, could if you were that wealthy, you could stop making money for the next, you know, flame in ten years. It wouldn't matter. You'd you'd have that much money. It's not funny already. But why do people just always want more and always want to build on more and have a constantly expanding economy that that never never actually resides? Yeah. And for me, that's just there's something wrong in people's thinking that it just the world keeps expanding and you keep everything keeps growing exponentially and never stops. So what you're saying is the solution is to reduce our needs and wants. But what's your short-term Well, then, no, you, 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 well, you said that. And, I mean, I think, I think what's happening is I think we're being forced to do that. And my take on it would be, you know, if we all have to take a bit of a hit and step back a bit and, you know, have less is more, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think there's plenty of people that have too much, just the fact like with flights. You can fly anywhere now for a few hundred dollars. And every time you fly, you put all of that, you know, uh, fuel in the air and you ruin the environment. But you, but you don't think of that. You just think, well, gee, I need to get over to that place and do that thing and have a holiday, which, you know, that's all admirable. That's great. Everyone loves a holiday. And in the meantime, you're doing all this profound amount of damage to the planet at the same time. Not that it's just about the planet. We just don't see often the consequences of our actions. It's interesting. Because you can do it. It's interesting. One of my students was... Um doing her SGP, her senior geography project on, on COVID-19 and the impact on, um, on um, travel agents. But then she also took the angle. She wanted to actually do the impact of the reduction of number of flights in the, around the earth for the four weeks or whatever to see if that has an impact on carbon emissions and all that sort of stuff. So she's going to do a little bit of, little, a, bit of a deep dive into that. And pretty clearly it will. They're saying they can see see the sky and things like that in um, places that normally where they've got lots of pollution, things like that, like China in particular, but other nations of the world like in South America and stuff like that. The world at the moment, the physical world, would be just breathing this in as a big breath of fresh air because we've just stopped harming it for a while. And that's sort of the point that I'm getting at. It's all good to be able to fly places and go places, but I think it's become all too easy and all too much for too many of us. And I'll put myself into that as well. Like when I was up until about the age of 30, I couldn't afford to fly anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, now, yeah. now you could save up your pocket money as a teenager and get on a flight and go to bloody Bali for the weekend. <laughs> you could. 
yeah, I'll go to Melbourne for shopping or watch the Manly Seagulls yeah. play against the Storm or whatever. Now, there, there's nothing wrong with doing it. I'm never against doing anything, but just the fact that it's that accessible, that's the danger or that's where the damage comes in. And I don't think people are aware of that till you, you know, what's the old saying? You don't know what you've got till you lost it. Yeah, that's right. So what are you, what are you reading at the moment? Uh, let me think. Uh, I just finished a book a little while back called, called Boy Swallows Universe, and it was oh, a really yeah. awesome tale written by, I think he was a Brisbane journalist, and because he was in journalism, uh, part of the story in the book is every time he goes in, I forget who asked him, but someone keeps asking him to put it in a three-word slogan. Unlike politics, you know, really stupid things, it's because it's a newspaper and he's, he wants to be a cadet for the newspaper and his mentor says, well, you know, I think he says put it in a three-word slogan. So all of the chapters in the whole book are three-word slogans and the title of the book is Boy Swallows Universe. Like if you picked up a newspaper and you saw the setting, Boy Swallows Universe, you might go, wow, that's interesting. I'll have a read of that. And that's the reason it goes like that. But it's the one of the best written, most entertaining stories I've read for about 20 years. It's kind of like a Jeffrey Archer novel. It just flows. You can't put it down. It's simple to read. It's accessible. It's not highfalutin. And it tells just an awesome tale. And it's pretty much based on the truth and his life when he was younger by being caught up in a drug running family. Yet he's yeah, kind that, of an innocent. He's in, his name's Trent Dalton. Yes, thank you. Good yeah, old Trent. Yeah. He's, awesome. he's awesome. Yeah, I've got it on my Kobo books that I got. I, each, I subscribe, as you know, to the, um, the Australian and the, um, the, the Daily Telegraph. But, um, they give me a free book every every month, so I haven't read that one yet. But he's actually doing a he's doing a series in Australia at the moment about what it's like to be locked down. So every week he writes a story about people who have been and they're there their sort of human interest story about being locked down. So that's always interesting. Well, well. and where's that? Where 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 is he publishing that? He's in the Australian, so I'll PDF it and send it to you because you don't subscribe to it. So. No, I, I I read the Sydney Morning Herald every day and the Guardian and the local paper. Well, there you go. So I read the Australian, the Daily Telegraph and the local paper. So we've got every side of society. <laughs> we've got it covered. <laughs> right, well, I'll send you articles you can't get. This would be great. Awesome. You send me stuff that I can't get. That's great. That's good. Yeah, no, he's I, really good and his writing, his writing is terrific. It just reads, as they say, like an airport novel, but not, not a trashy one. It's actually quite a really well... Uh, put together story although it's a bit fanciful in places but there's a bit of escapism in it too i suppose which yeah. i don't mind in a good story well in fact actually a lot of the books i'm reading now it's interesting they have short paragraphs so at the, currently i'm reading um um what's his name stephen king the writer and the first half of the book it's a it's called on writing and he said it was a small book and he just the first half of it describes his life and right. how he um, got into writing and how he used to work jobs in laundries and all sorts of things, did teaching, was an English teacher, tells the story about what his life was like when he started to think about Carrie and, um, and some of the other movies that he did, like Cujo, K-U-J-O. So, so when he tells you those things, do they give you an insight into, like, you know, what, why that story turned out like that or Yeah, not? so, for example, he, he would... He would. He had a job as a janitor in a school, and he had to clean girls' bathrooms at the end of the day. And 
and then he he linked that experience to the whole blood scene in um, Carrie and all the bullying that, that she experienced in the thing. And then he also then linked it, the story then to bringing the priest in through another experience he had in his life. And then all those sorts of things were linked together in relation to where he got his ideas from and then the story would emerge. He said he can't remember writing Cujo, C-U-J-O, because he was so <laughs> yeah. drunk. He was just sort of spent all his life drinking at that wow. point. And so... That was really difficult for him. And the second half of it is going through what he calls his toolbox for writing. And um, he says what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And really, like you've written your, your little short stories, you're doing your Facebook things at the moment and you've written those, um, what was that cartoon um, series that you did? With the, um, the fish? Uh, Mole Cool. Mole Cool. Mole Cool. Yeah, yeah, you've done all that. But he, the message there quite clearly is you have to be brutally honest. You can't self-censor. And you know how sometimes when you put pen to paper, you say, oh, I better not say Oh, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's a very good point because I think when you don't self-censor, um, when you don't write for uh, public acknowledgement or acclaim, like not, not that anyone is, but just saying, you do a much better job because you are honest. And when you're honest, it doesn't matter what you're saying, like for other people, it just has to matter for you. Yeah. No, it's all right. I'm just turning the phone down. It's beeping away. So I did, with the Facebook thing this year, I did, I made a rule. I made a couple of different rules, but not really big ones. I just decided I'll do a story a day for a year. I'm up to about 110, 20 days, so 120 stories. But I promised I'd never read a comment on any one of them because as soon as I read that comment and you get people saying stuff like, oh, you know, what's this shit? You know, what are you saying that for? I'll stop writing. So I've made a rule. I don't read anything. I publish one story a day and I don't care if anyone likes it or hates it. It doesn't make any difference, but I don't read anything. Oh, well, I, I, well, I won't like them anymore. You don't see my likes, but you've got a few no, likes there. No, no, so no, you can, no, you can like them, but the point is I'm trying not to get into, if I write a story and say 20 people liked it, I think that's great. And say the next day, three people complain, oh, what are you talking about? Then I'll feel bad, then I won't do it. Yeah, so it's, it, you know, and I can't just rely on people liking stuff to keep doing it. I just made a, a deal with myself. I write a story every day for a year and then I won't read one comment and I'll go back and I'll read all the comments. So when you... Because uh, it when, doesn't matter then because you've done it. So if you've written a story, would you always have a song associated with it? Do you pick the song first? It's funny. Sometimes the story comes from the song uh, and, you know... Sometimes it's the other way around. I write a story and I just get this immediate thought in my head for that song to match it. But when I don't have a match, I'll just do a research job. Like, what am I talking about? I might be talking about, you know, something like we've discussed today. Oh, it's a first world problem. So I'll try and get a story, a uh, sorry, a song that matches that story, like about it being a first world problem. It doesn't have to say the exact words of this is a first world problem, but it might encapsulate just that feeling. So I'll try and get a song that matches just a part of it, if not all of it, if I can, in a way. And I like it like that because sometimes the song, after you read the story, you get the picture really fully. It's like how you feel about something. So um, I was going to say, I've lost my train of thought. You always, you always get me intrigued. Um, you're talking about the, oh, that's right. Have you got a record of these all in a Word document or one big document, not just Facebook, or do you write them straight to Facebook? Well, it started 
started at work. I started writing a short story at work, but much shorter than this. Like I would, about a paragraph tops. I would just have a little funny observation from, you know, I'd seen in life. Like I was telling you this today, uh, yeah, at the beginning of like yesterday, I, uh, you could cross the road without even looking. Yeah, so I would story. write a really short story. I did that for almost a year at work, every day for a year, but they're working days like Monday to Friday, so not seven days a week. And then also, as I kept writing the stories, just more and more came out. So I went from one paragraph to two to about three to about four. So I went from just like a comment or an observation to a short story, all by accident. I didn't plan any of it. I just They just grew in nature. And then I kept doing it at work because I found it really enjoyable. It was a, It's funny. It's the most enjoyable thing I do. And I'm not being unkind to my job or anyone else or anything in it. Oh, that makes sense. But when I... But when I write that story, it's just something that's, I don't know, it's my input in the day. And then people started reading it and they liked it. Now, not everyone likes my stories every day, but now everyone looks forward to, because I put it in first thing in the morning. So I usually write it at night, uh, the day before, from something that's either happened personally to me or I've observed. And I wrote for, I reckon I'd be up, I'd be over a year at work now, every day for a year. And then what I did this year was, I thought, I'll put it on Facebook and it was funny. They were both out of parody. I was ahead at work and then I started putting my old stories on Facebook and then because one's seven days a week, if this makes any sense at all, and one's five days a week, they don't match up. So I was swapping and doing stories. Now I write the same story in the same place every day. But so, the two so days extra I'd um, for Facebook, like Saturday and Sunday, I usually miss those at work. Like I don't put those in at work. So you so you're cutting and pasting from a word document. Is it one document, or we have a separate document for each story? Oh, I do it on notes on my my phone. I've tried about fifteen different software companies for speech to text, and it is effing terrible. It's just the worst shittest program in the entire world. <laughs> I've used my Mac, and, and I cannot phone? find anything. Use your phone, Maddie, because I'm doing it on my phone. If you go to notes in phone, down the bottom. No, no, no. This is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. I use notes in phone. What I'm trying to tell you very clearly is it does a shit job and it doesn't – maybe I speak terribly. I can't work it out. But the conversion rate for what I say in a sentence, even if I say it like that <laughs> full stop, is nothing like what I've just said and it changes it and it changes it back. And I've tried multiple forms of software and they're all freaking terrible. To write a short story sometimes takes me an hour because half of it's editing because it's just rubbish. Oh, interesting. My, all my writings on notes, holding the phone up, I just go notes, I talk into it. I'm putting all... Yeah, me too. But, but I yeah, don't but I it doesn't... It's terrible. I'm telling you, mine's okay. What I do then is, is I will, I will sit down and I will talk probably ten paragraphs. Then I will then email it to myself, and then sure, I spend ten minutes fine tuning it. But I've got myself to the point where I go, um, had a great conversation with Matt today. Full stop. New paragraph. I say all that sort of stuff. And okay. I do all of that, and yeah. it comes out ass up. It's just, <laughs> it's just awful. Well, personally, it Fridays, works really well. He's, Here's a story from Friday. I'm not going to say the swear word, but I'll let you work it out. I was dictating on 
Word documents on my Mac, which is, you know, 10 times better than my little iPhone. So I'm dictating and giving comments back for an assessment. And my words word in this sentence was due to a pre, sorry, due to previous antithetical practices. That's what I said, due to antithetical previous practices. And it came out, like, go figure, go figure. Like, it's not even close. There's not even one letter in the entire comment that's even close. Like, what is it doing? Like, it's just the software. If I could find a good speech-to-text software, I would be home and host because those little short stories, the writing the story is easy. I just, I just have an observation. I think it, like you, I say it. It takes me sometimes half an hour to edit that to back to exactly what I said, and I don't know why. It does it on my computer. It does it on my iPhone. I've even tried to buy software. It's all crap. Save oh, me, please. Got no answer. It works for me. And I think I'm more more dyslexic and less tonal and understood than you are. You are. So I don't know what's well, happening. Well, why does it work so well for you? It just doesn't put in the right thing. I'll it put just it right changes the put it right up to my lips. And I do, speak, I do speak a little bit more slowly. And I actually don't use big words. If I know a big word, antithetical, I wouldn't even try that because there's no way that would go in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I get that. I mean, I'm happy to do a bit of editing. Tell me what um, then, because I've got all my stuff on WordPress now. Have you got a WordPress account? Because I'm, that's where I was leading to with that. You've got them all on your notes. And I've done, I've done like hundreds of stories on Facebook, but then they're all chronological and you can't remember. If you remember the year you wrote them, you might find them by yeah. doing the search. No, um, I saved I, them on Google Sheets. Uh, right, that was what my original question was. So save them Google yeah. Sheets after the thing. Have a look on... Yeah, so uh, I've got a record. Sorry, you go. Ha, ha, I've just spent some time updating my web page. So go and have a look at it. And on the right-hand side, yeah. if you look on your computer, you can look at it now, actually, probably. Um, okay, I've, got, okay. I've been doing all of my um, all my posts now. I've been, I'm tagging, and they're becoming the basis of everything that I'm doing. So... Today, for example, I listened to a Lisa a Healy podcast on the Huey on the Howie Games podcast, and she was fantastic. Eric Weinstein, and he has got some really really good stuff about you know what's happening in the world at the moment and where it's going. He's part of what's called the intellectual dark web, so that's really interesting for me anyway to look at. But I'm now, now just sorry on your website is it the Edu blogs or is it the WordPress.com? WordPress, Which one? the WordPress one. Okay, keep and going, you'll a, sorry. you'll see a whole pile of pictures there that I've put in there. On the right-hand side at the top, you can see the different blog posts. So there's three columns to it. The first column is um, running. The second yeah. column is about life. The third column is professional. And halfway down the one, the middle one, you'll see um, a thing that says my writings. And yeah. basically I do all my writing on the blog post on the right-hand side, but in the middle of it down there, where I've got a little picture of my sort of dotted notes and that. That's the yeah. thing that I've written. So I think because you've got so many stories, I reckon if you just create a WordPress site like that, put Mole Cool in, like I put my um, yeah. left-hand yeah. side, my Iron Man story and the rest of it, you'd have, a, you'd have one-stop shopping for everything you've done because you've got thousands of words, let alone all the music that you've got there. That yeah, you yeah. With. No, this is quite good. And I looked into WordPress, I don't know, about a year or so ago. But what happens every time I go into software, 
it just balloons out. And after a while, sometimes I just get lost in it all. And I tried things and they don't work out. And I didn't really end up following that through. But what I do with my stories is it started at work as just a little work fun thing. Then it grew into uh, a story a day, which I did for over a year and still doing. Then I transferred that to Facebook and then made them match up. But I save a copy of every story to Google Sheets just so I've got some copy of it somewhere because it doesn't edit very well on Facebook, but the ones that work edit much better because I can put in italics and things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And bolded as well. So the ones I do at work have a lot more uh, grammar and punctuation in them, so to speak, and they read a lot better usually just because you can emphasize different things. You but see the sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I can. She yeah. came in and yelled out earlier. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> home, is everyone home? Yeah, yeah, she's just come home, yeah. And I just saw a ladder go by out the other window that I was out before. I don't know what Nick's doing. He's just arrived as well. So they've all just arrived. All right. Home. How are they all coping with the isolation? Ali's here and she works at Liverpool Hospital now. So Yeah, that's a bit of a, you know, uh, drive each day, isn't it? It is a drive, but you know what? Dad used to work in Elizabeth Drive, Liverpool, as a pharmacist, and Ali wow. Nell works at the at down towards Green Valley, and yeah. um, and Ali Nell works in Elizabeth Elizabeth Drive, Liverpool, at the other end up at Liverpool Hospital, and she's a block from where I was from the age of two two years to eight years. So wow! So we, you went must have with, a re- you must have some connection with the place. When you talk about connection with place, exactly right. That block, it's about a block walk. I went past our old house in 10 Castle Ray Street and now it's 10 to 14 Castle Ray Street and it's got about 50 units on it. And on the <laughs> other side of the road are all these run-down fibro houses which were identical to the ones that we lived in in the 60s. Wow. So it's a completely yeah. different world. So It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So that's Especially right. in a place like Sydney, which is massive now, to what it was. Mm. So what did you do And it will be in the future. Uh, I've had the easiest day ever. I just thought today was a day off. I really didn't do much. I I slept in a little bit. Then I got up and watched Insiders, had a nice breakfast, cup of coffee, watched a couple of episodes of The Wire because I've been watching The Wire, which I really like. And I'm up to season. I just finished season four, sorry, three. And I watched five first by mistake. I started with the last series first. So then I watched one, two, three. I've got one series to go now. The Wire is awesome. Is that on Fox or on Netflix? Yeah, it's in, in Fox, on Foxtel. Sorry, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think I can watch. They've given me free show entertainment but not the ability to watch on demand, so I can't go back to it. Oh, mine does. Well, yeah, I wonder why that is. Did like, you have I it had or it you before. Did it? No, I had it before, but I paid for that entertainment channel or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, like so I, I dumped the entertainment channel and kept the movies, but they had to give it to someone because everyone buys Fox for sport. There's no sport. Yeah, I know. That's a real big deal. I only just renewed my subscription before everything stopped, but then they sent out free movies to everyone, so that was pretty decent. Um, I haven't I've, watched any yet. I haven't watched one movie yet. There's so much on. I've been watching uh, interesting programs. I'm quite like these um, Spanish programs but there but they're actually are in English. I watched a school one called Elite, which was I thought was interesting. But I'm currently watching right. one but called Toy Boy. That's really interesting. It's about sort of, right. um, oh, it's just about a guy who's been accused of murder and spent seven years in jail and they're trying to find out who really did the murder. 
but their sideline right. gig is, is they're basically um, dancers in a nightclub with the four guys. So they're yeah. all pretty fit, healthy, good-looking guys. So it's a sort of an interesting approach to that sort of thing. <laughs> and, then right. the, uh, and then the other one I watched was really good was Money Heist. Have you ever seen that? Sorry, what was it? Money Heist. Uh I think I've seen it advertised, but no, I haven't watched it. No, that's really good. There's a really there's a guy called a professor, and all the characters in it are named after cities like Nairobi and Nairobi and um, and um, Tokyo and places like that. So they don't use their real names, and then they're yep. basically Robert 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 Bank. So it's actually, <laughs> it goes on for, for three episodes. I think I've seen now, so I've enjoyed that. Sounds so all okay. right. I've watched. Um, I'm still watching a bit of Westworld. It's a bit futuristic. Uh, yeah, like what are you that. up to? I'm up to series two now, I think. No, I'm up to the latest episode, which comes in on a Monday. So tomorrow will be the next episode. So I'm right up there. I kind of like it in one way. It's just, you know, stretches your mind a bit about what the future can or can't be like. And it's funny. I made a comment about it the other day, like all these futuristic shows and movies, there's hardly anything that's not, pretty much awful like there's just more people there's more crime there's more you know badness in the world there's really a show that goes or a movie that goes into the future not that you want utopia but it could be a different world you could build a different world but it's just more of the same it's just like the current world on steroids did you watch the original one in the 70s the Yul Brenner movie um yes I think so I think I've seen that one yeah, yeah. that was the that was the original and then it turned it into a series I was watching with Jenny yeah. and she couldn't get work it out. And then eventually when I explained it to her, because she couldn't work out, hang on, this was a Western a minute ago and now we're in this futuristic space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it'll blow your mind. But, I mean, the, the interesting thing I find about shows like that is, you know, in the future things like that will, will be true. They just will be. Someone will build that one day. It'll just be a different form of theme park. I mean, they said that, you know, I remember when I was first doing all my film and TV kinds of qualifications to get some skills and understanding of that. I remember reading, this would be about, I don't know, it'd be a long time, 25 years ago. They were saying that CGI will be the star of the future. And I thought, that's just stupid. That's ridiculous. CGI will never, you know, replace a human being. Well, by the Christ it does. You can do anything What's, this, what's CGI stand for? Uh, don't what is ask it? me. What is it? Uh, Google is it. it. Is it an interface, is it? Is it a way of... Yeah, it, it's yeah. basically how you get Spider-Man to climb up a building, you know, oh, and make right, it okay. look real. Okay. Or right. you can create a character where you can marry uh, animation with real people interacting. Like, you just can make anybody do anything. And the technology is so yeah, uh, advanced yeah. these days. You know, how they can take someone's face and just put it on another body and it looks like they're that other person. Like, there's, there's just nothing you can't do through software. No, you're right. There's, there's a new, there's a movie on Foxtel called The Happy Murders, and it's a mixture of cartoon characters and real people. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. I mean. And who would have thought, you know, 20, 30 years ago, CGI will be anything, but, you know, a big tidal wave coming over, you could imagine, but you can't imagine people being replaced or even, you know, things like people. But all that's come true in a short space of time. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Well, there's a lot to watch and a lot to do. All right, go and see your brother. Okay, mate, it was really good to Zoom in. I've had my first successful Zoom meeting. It's been interesting. All right. Well, I'll, I'll play with the, um, the, the stuff and I'll send you some <laughs> links and things. But have a look if, um, because I, know, I don't know how much you look at my stuff that I write, 
but go into um, WordPress yeah. on the right hand side. You get a bit of a sense of what I'm doing then. Yeah, no, I'll check it out. That'll be good. Thanks, well, mate. All right, then have a good week. Yeah, you have a good week too, Marty. Nice chatting to you. No worries. I'll speak to you later. Bye. Like, your, like your next duel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. See you, Matty. See you, mate. Bye-bye.